Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Midpoint. This week, we are beginning our discussion of the opening chapters of Nehemiah. And we've started a series on Sundays. And as we do, we like to dig a little bit deeper into the text and some of the thoughts here on the podcast. And so today we're talking about Nehemiah chapter three and chapter five, and we're thinking about generosity. We're thinking about giving. We're thinking about the concept that God gave, so we give in response, in echoing what God our Father does, in reflecting it, we give. And so what plays out in the book of Nehemiah is really interesting. We know this is about building the wall. We know that there's a task that people are called to do, just like you and I have tasks that God has called us to do within the context of the Great Commission. And they needed resources to get the task done. Nehemiah goes to Jerusalem, he checks out the city, he checks out the wall, he inspects it, and he sees there are all these challenges with reconstructing the wall. And it's fascinating in chapter three that different people within the community were assigned different pieces of the wall, different pieces of the project, if you will, different pieces of the task to complete. And so we have Ben Margeson completing the gate over here with his <laughs> wife, Kiana. And then we have Sandra over here uh, completing this part of the wall. And then the Bible records that so-and-so, you know, completed this section. And what's so interesting is it's implied that some of the resources, certainly the time and energy and effort, were put in by these different individual families. And so we see this sense of community and giving Later on in chapter five, though, we come back to some individual giving, which is fascinating too. A bunch of the people are oppressed and they're starving. They don't have grain. There's a famine. And then we see the character again, Nehemiah, trying to address a major gap here where people were suffering, where they were going without. And he points out to the fellow Jewish brothers that they're the ones exacting this like high rate of interest from these people that have very little. And so he gets involved and says, no, we're not doing that anymore. I'm myself and my brothers, we're going to lend the money without interest so these people can eat. And he calls out this negative side of what was taking place. And so today with Pastor Ben, we want to dig into the, the, these two concepts that come to us from Nehemiah, the giving that was kind of all together and different people giving of their time and their resources and energy to build this wall, to get the big task done that their community was called to, just like us here in Halifax being called to reach our community in different ways. And that takes all of us being a part of it. And then also to look at this idea of individual generosity that we see playing out in the life of Nehemiah. So Ben, what are your thoughts today? Oh, wow. I think that one of the really cool things that we see here is the ownership that comes through the giving of the time and the resource and the coming together. And I think that's a huge part of giving is we have an ownership in a sense of like our church community, but also we, through that, we become more consistently connected and I think it makes more of an attachment, not just through the finances of being connected, but the investment that goes into a place or in this instance, the building up of the wall, the people feel more connected, I would assume. Well, what's interesting about that, right, is the connectedness. And, and, and I agree. I, this is what I love about this, the picture that's being painted. When we approach the scripture so often, it's Okay, and then, and I'm using names for fun, but like Ben built this section of the wall and, and Grant <laughs> built this gate and then this person repaired this area of the wall. And we read it all in one chapter and I say this probably too much, but maybe I don't say it enough actually. We have to dig into the scripture and put ourselves there and understand it takes forever 
Yeah. So we've just finished some some maintenance on the building, uh, maintenance projects, you know, updating our nurseries really from a maintenance point of view. They they needed to be enlarged and, you know, carpeting needed to be done and all that kind of thing. And it's taken us, this isn't a complaint, it takes a while to do a project. And for someone like, like me who's not conversant in <laughs> building and renovations and, and that kind of thing, you know, when you don't understand it, then you can feel like me, oh, is this taking a long time? So I have to be careful, not with this project, but with projects in the past, until I understood how long it takes to get walls framed or get trades in. Or under, I, It was like, okay, so why is this taking so long? <laughs> now I was like so encouraged, like our team has done an amazing job getting this done really quickly. And so why is that important? What, what's the relevance? Well, here with this group of people, and these people building the wall and this person building the gate, whatever. These are big things that were done. Hmm. They didn't happen in the two seconds that I can read the scripture. Likely, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say something that's not actually in the scripture, but I think we're okay to kind of think about the timing. Maybe, you know, it's longer than a day. It's longer than a week, probably. And there's like a family or a group of people in the community tasked with this area. And then the giving side of it, the communal side of it is fascinating to me. Because I think sometimes I can get hung up on the finance, like the money, the actual money. Like, so, you know, when I was a kid and my dad was teaching to me about giving in church and tithing and taking 10 cents out of a dollar to give, you know, that would happen sort of on Saturdays for a period of time that I get the dollar and then how much, okay, are you going to give? So I could give 10% or I could give 50 cents and give half if I wanted. And so starting to help me understand systematic giving. But there was such a pull even that age to like the money itself, like the physical, right? Okay, but what's interesting here is that this communal side of giving seems to have happened with through time. Yes. It seemed to happen through effort. We presume, and I think it's a reasonable presumption, that some of the resources given, supplies and things came from the people. So whether they went and bought them or whatever, but like they were giving a thing and not directly money. And I think sometimes we get hung up on the money thing. Mm. Right. And I think if we think of the money as resource rather than just like cash out the door, you know, it's an interesting kind of concept. Right. Yeah. And I know in our modern times, this is how ministry works. Like it takes funding to get ministry going. And so that comes in in the form of money. But a thousand years ago, it might not have been coins that were dropped. You know, sometimes it was, but often it was, it could have been supplies. It could have been, I mean, if you go way back, like things like food and whatever. And so it's a really interesting to talk about this and unpack it a little bit. Yeah. And it, and it's interesting. Cause like, especially in like a metropolitan area, it feels like it's always only about the money, but I even know of pastors who work in more rural, especially farming areas And farmers will drop by with a mega box of food, whether it's meat or vegetables. And like, I think it's easy from our modern concept to be like, oh, that's not their tithe. But that is part of the resource that they could sell off that would be money. And so I think it's one of those things that it's funny to think of that way. But it's almost like, oh, instead of me giving like 40 peppers to you. Although that would be a crazy amount to eat before they went bad. But instead of me giving you 40 peppers, you give how much ever money, like, amount. Yeah, I I mean, I think that you're touching on something that's helpful because it's a context, rural areas where it's done, it could be done differently or has been done differently historically, not that long ago or whatever the case might be that way. And I think that's 
like an important thing to acknowledge. So for me, in my cultural background, my mom would tell stories of in India, her family, they farmed, they had lots of land and they had people to come bring the harvest in. And she, her mom would sit with the people like doing the harvest and I'll get this all wrong in terms of how it's done. <laughs> but they would be basically taking like handfuls of grain and like dividing it all. And like when they would count 10, grandma would take that one out. So they would like get up to nine and it's going divided into wherever it's going to be sold or for the family or whatever. But every 10th one, she would take out. And I have that imagery. It's always been mm. with me. And that was grain. Yeah. But then it's not a leap. Like I feel like in my own life that I've been able to be a little bit like freer with actual money in a bank account and to think about it as grain, to think yeah. about it as, as resource. Um, because I think sometimes the challenge in us for us to be generous is that kind of computation. So even with time, we're often, we're so driven within our society to equate our time with money. Time is money. Mm -hmm. um, and then to break that down, what am I worth hourly? What do I bill out at? You know, like lawyers, accountants, yeah. whatever, you Net know. Netflix or, hours billed out. Uh, totally. <laughs> right. And then, or, or if we're salaried somewhere, I think everybody has done, it's probably reasonable to do that calculation of, okay, how is this organization valuing my time? Mm -hmm. And to understand that. But then the danger can be, if we get too into that, then, you know, to give of our time could be more challenging because we've monetized it. Yeah. And so sometimes I think what's helpful is doing the reverse, you know, unmonetizing the money to say this can make a difference in the kingdom of God in such a really fascinating way. And that's, I think, just a, an important consideration when we're talking about giving. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny thinking about that, like demonetization of money. Like that's a funny, I don't know if that's a funny word. Phrase, phraseology I don't know word, anyways. But, but I, I think like, the other aspect to it, too, is like we, we know in the Bible, it tells us like you can't serve God and money and like that whole deal. And I think in through especially like systematic and like consistency in giving, we actually not only start to see our time differently as non-billable hours, but also I think there's more joy when we do have moments that don't have anything to do with making money when we're spending time with our kids or our animals or, or with your spouse or, or doing something fun that you really enjoy by yourself. Like, I think that the more that we take away the finance from it, and I'm not saying we can't, obviously you need something to live, but the more that we take that away, the more that all of our time starts to feel like God's time. And then our money is just part of that equation. Yeah, I agree. And it seems to me that as you talk about consistency and like, you know, the terminology we use within, you know, our faith life with Christ, that practice of faith, mm -hmm. when giving becomes a part of that, both through time and service, through, you know, other resources or expertise or financially, as we practice that, like as we do that consistently, like what you're talking about, I think the conclusion that joy comes is so reasonable because mm -hmm. we see it in all these other areas of life. For those of you that don't know, Ben is a runner. He runs and and we love it. It's inspiring. Hasn't yet inspired me to run, but I feel good knowing that he's running. <laughs> but one of the things that's interesting, I, I understand from, like I understand from other people in terms of running is like, it's not very joy filled, probably the first number of times you get out there in the sense that I've never run. I'm going to start running. This is really hard. It could be, you, know, you got to push past the discouragement of, can't really run that good. I'm out of shape. I'm, you know, working on these different things. Yet as you as you do it a few times, and I'm sure I'm I assume not even that many times from 
long time ago when I was more physically active. I remember it doesn't take long for you to start to feel good about, oh, I want to go and get out. I want to go out. And for me, it was swimming or I want to go out and do this activity. And that's where I think this idea of even the word exercise is good. We often think of that as like physical exercise, but exercising, practicing as we do it, the joy mm-hmm. comes. Yeah. Same thing with anything you learn, like music for me. When I was a kid, took so many music lessons and despised it and would sit there and practice and didn't like it until all of a sudden I could play a song and this was so cool. And then it's like, it becomes this thing like, I want to get there because I see that it's bringing this level of joy to my life. And I am very sad for people that have not experienced that in giving Hmm. and, and straightforwardly giving financially. Because it isn't, it's critically important that we give of our time and that we give of, you know, other resources in our life and our expertise and generosity and hospitality. All of that is really true. But in our modern day society, because I feel money is held in the certain standard, it's what the world is going after. It's how our society is built. That becomes treasure, quote unquote. That becomes what's important. And when we carve out that in a systematic way to give it to God, Man, that's saying something, hmm. right? Because that's what it is at this time. That's how we do business. So we're saying to God, you know what? I want to give part of how I do business to you. I want to give of like my complete efforts to you. And at risk of being, oh, the church is after our money. I think that's a really legitimate thing people have said over the years. I think that there have been times, and we have seen it, where We've seen it and not probably that long ago. People could think of a situation where you find out about things that weren't done properly or lack of integrity or excess and and those things are wrong. And we see that in the Bible. I mean, I think it's Eli's sons who are like taking way too much from the treasure, you know, the food and taking all this stuff out and they're not supposed to be doing that and God deals with it. And so I, I really appreciate that in the, we've seen those abuses and people want to understand you know, how are things being used and where are they being used? I think that's so legitimate. But what's sad to me is sometimes those realities have robbed us of, you know, the joy that comes from, you know, systematic giving and the blessing that I believe is attached to that. Yeah, yeah. And and I think further on that is when we get into that consistent rhythm of giving, it can be a challenging thing. We I think we've talked about that before is like, it is tough to get going the same way you mentioned about running. It's like, hard to start running. It's hard to start giving our finances. It's hard to start sacrificing an evening or two towards something. I know you started basketball coaching and I know it's a joy to be with your daughter and to to see her play basketball, but it also is a sacrifice of an evening. Mm -hmm. And even having kids is a huge sacrifice. But the consistency, I think, then sets us up for the potential to make splashes too. And in the same way that like, If you start running and you're like, I'm going to run a hundred miles this week, you're probably going to die. But if you're like, or a hundred kilometers, sorry, my bad. I spent too much time in America. But then if you're like, oh, this week I'm going to try to run four kilometers. That's a great start. If you run one kilometer, four different times, it's like, sounds like you're like, oh, but I know all these people run like a whole marathon. It's like 42 kilometers. It's like, yeah, that's part of like working up to it. And the thing is someone who can run a full marathon can sprint a lot faster than they can run their full marathon. So there's moments like in the in Nehemiah where these sprint moments come up and splash giving what a, I don't know what to call it, like a huge <laughs> making a splash and being like, oh, I'm going to give more for this time period. I can't afford to do that all the time, but we've saved up or we've intentionally budgeted to 
go out less or maybe we were eating rice and beans as Dave Ramsey likes to talk about a little more. And there's these moments where we actually get to do that. And I think setting ourselves up with a consistency allows those sprints to be easier as well and more joyful. Well, yeah. And having somebody to encourage you and help you alongside using the coaching metaphor, or even running, running with someone else, swimming, like I used to do with somebody else or having that accountability or someone to help you along or just to do it in community makes it a lot easier. The chances of succeeding, you know, go up. The probability that it's going to happen goes up exponentially. And I think that there is another aspect of giving there that we miss out on that, that community side of it. Mm -hmm. And I think we've started to see a little bit of it with the building up projects from last year that continue this year. There was so much generosity and the church has just been so wonderful. And now we're starting to see certain things come together. And then when we see those spaces used for ministry, again, that joy of being a part of that comes into play. And we had people volunteer their time. We had people give. We had different aspects and expressions of giving took place. But that joy and, you know, just sense of ownership, I think, too, that comes from that, it's irreplaceable. And so I find that um, the idea of practicing is important. And I think that you've touched on that and, and makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And one thing I would encourage everyone to do is if you, if, if giving something you haven't done before, just start somewhere. It sounds like so lame and boring to say like, oh, start by giving. I, I'm not going to even put a monetary value, but start by giving something that you're like, oh, this amount is like, okay for me. And then it's something we can work into giving more. Or maybe we're like, oh, like, I see the way that our church is making such an impact on the community or this ministry that I give to. Maybe it's not a church. It's something else you give to. You're like, oh, this is so important. And I can sacrifice blank. Because I think one thing that in our society, especially like you mentioned, get driven so much by money is we also have so much more potential as at least for the everyday citizen majority to go above and beyond where our means are instead of like you you mentioned with the the grain we're not processing grain and being seeing it tactilely in front of us where we actually say no this one has to go to the side this one has to go to the side and i know um we have our uh, dave ramsey course coming up uh starting what is it february 2nd i believe yes. and um if anyone is interested in knowing both how to save more but also like part of his thing is about live like no one else now and save your money and get out of debt. And then you can live like and give like no one else later on in life. And that's something that I really think well, is worth aspiring you know, I mean, we try as best we can here at Faith to give the tools that people need to, to make change, you know, spiritually. And, um, and giving is certainly a part of that. And so our heart in terms of putting on this Dave Ramsey class, which you can sign up for, if you need some info, just email us. Find it on the website or hit us up on social media. Love to see you a part of it. But what's so great is that there's a tool there that teaches you, walks you through it. There's going to be some community. And I think that sometimes we can misunderstand that some things we have to learn. Like it's not like just flip a switch tomorrow and we're all like given 10%. And I think it's interesting too that you mentioned earlier, just running four kilometers in a week. So one kilometer you know, the, we get hung up on the money itself, the actual money in the bank account. And then another thing we get hung up on is the amounts. Mm. And I think Jesus really helped us with that. 
when it comes to the story. Some of you may have may remember this in the Gospels that Jesus is hanging out and in the temple there was a place like an offering box and people would come by and drop their money into this box. And what I find actually funny about the story if you read it is that Jesus is actually there watching them <laughs> yeah, put the yeah. money in. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, so come on. you know, And the sit, disciples sit, too. Like, come, come over here. And, and then, and then, well, then he actually draws the disciples in their, their attention <laughs> to say, did you see that? Can you see what this guy gave? And then he draws her attention to uh, a widow who, in that historical context, would have had very little, would not have been, you know, a well-to-do individual or even like a welcome individual in society and all the different places that someone else might be. But Jesus says, you know what, she gave more than anybody. And they're all like, what are you talking about? These guys gave so much. And his point is this. He says, yes, but they gave out of their abundance and she gave out of her translated the word poverty or lack, or she gave out of what we would say is uh, bare cupboards and I can't give. Yeah. She gave what she had and gave it all. And it, it points us towards this idea again, that it's not amounts, mm-hmm. but it is about sacrifice. It is about yes. denying ourselves in the same way that we might deny ourselves doing the things that naturally we might want to do because we want to conform to what Christ says. So I might be naturally selfish, but I want to give because that's like the fruit of the spirit, or I might not be patient, but the fruit of the spirit, one of the, it's patience. And so I want to see that cultivated in my life. And so I think it's the exact same thing here with giving. The last thing I want to say too, before we wrap up though, is, you know, we get hung up on amounts. And so 10%, what about this idea of tithing? And so we do very much encourage systematic giving. And as a movement, we do that for a few reasons. One, the practical nature of what you touched on in terms of the practice of our faith. Uh, Another reality is that it takes finance to allow the church to do ministry. And in our society, that's what we do. We don't come in and give a box of onions or a box of apples per se, and then sort of work that out that ministry can continue. It takes finances to make that happen. And so systematic giving, the practical reality, allows that to truck along and allows things to be planned for. But one thing I want to say is when it comes to the tithe and 10%, I really, you know, I get this question all the time, you know, is tithing for today, this, that. I think people who ask me that question kind of sometimes are dismayed by the answer because, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's for today, but I think it's for today in the sense that giving and generosity is for today. And generosity is, you know, more than giving, right? And, you know, I think a giving nature is more than tithing. Well, what are you talking about? Well, the law, I'm talking about the law. So Jesus talks, you know, they say, you know, about tithing and he's like not worried about tithing per se. And he talks about all these little things of the law, but you're, you're not paying attention to these big, wonderful things of like love and all of those things. But if I love Ben, which I do, I'm going to give him stuff. Well, what do you mean, Paul? I'm going to give him my time. I'm going to hang out with him. If he was in need, I, I would be there to help in any way that I could. And so again, our hang up on money and we want to know how much. And so that if we know if we do this, then we're good. You know, I think is a, a large part of Christ's point. And so what I say to people when they ask, and if you're listening, you know, and are curious about that is I think oftentimes some aspects of the law that aren't done away with in the New Testament explicitly or expressly are a good benchmark for us. And so I often say to people, you know, give what you can, as Ben has already said, work towards that. Because clearly in the scriptures, you know, that happened in the Old Testament. And then then coming into the New Testament, I think we need to understand that the bar is often raised. So Jesus said, don't murder. Yeah, that's what Moses said. 
but I'm telling you, don't be angry in your heart, right? In the Old Testament, Jesus is like, Moses said, don't commit adultery. And I'm saying, don't look at another person with lust. Mm-hmm. So with giving, you know, I think we, it's reasonable to, to say that there is an important aspect uh, of giving for us to fulfill, but we need to be careful that we're not legalistic about it. Yeah. And I think that to me is really important. So it's not the amount it's sacrificial. It's not, okay, we got to give it the exact same thing. No, that's not the way it is. But the percentages help us in terms of establishing a uh, good practice of faith and meeting the practical uh, realities of, of today. So everyone, thank you so much for listening today. And I really encourage you to take up Ben's challenge of giving a little bit, starting with something. If you're already giving, please continue to do that and challenge yourself to give in other ways and to be increasingly generous. We've got the Dave Ramsey class happening. We want you to join in if that's helpful to you. Also, we've got, we're continuing our building up projects. So if you're able, we would love for you to give beyond what you usually do and just market building up. And we would love to be able to continue and see those projects through completion. Yeah. The only other thing I'd like to add is be prayerful about when God might be asking you to be a spontaneous giver. That might be someone you pass on the street. That might be a family member in need and you feel compelled. Or it might be someone in your close proximity that needs a hand. And that might not always be financial. It might be your presence. So that would be my only other encouragement uh, as far as giving is the more that we pray about opportunity, the more that God's going to be like, all right, here's your chance. Yeah, no, it's a great, great thought. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you again next week. Bye.